Hello and welcome to episode three of this sort of mini series looking at the housing with the advice hub here at Strath Union. I am Daniel, part of the comms team. I'm still joined by Jodie and in this episode we're going to talk about uh, student accommodation. So we've kind of touched upon in the first one sourcing accommodation, the last one we looked at private accommodation. This one is sort of more just staying in halls or private halls, Jodie. And I suppose just as a very simple introduction, what is the sort of main difference then between staying in student halls and private accommodation? So the first difference between halls and private accommodation is that university halls you're going to be with other students so you know in a, in a private let you might end up uh, renting with someone who's not a student um, you're going to likely be living in a kind of dormitory so you'll have like your own room you might have your own bathroom but you'll have like a shared living room um, there are often kind of social spaces as well so you know you might have like a room of pool tables um, and whereas a, like a private let is going to be like your own flat or your own house um, and um, the difference in terms of how to sign a tenancy agreement and uh, is that in a private accommodation, as we mentioned earlier on, it's an open-ended tenancy agreement, which means that um, you can only be evicted by the landlord if they have grounds to do so, um, and if not, you can give 28 days notice to leave at any time. Now, student accommodation uh, is not, uh, they operate using common law contracts, so they're different. And what that means is they're like a phone contract. So uh, if you sign up to start in September and you the end of your tenancy agreement is in May, for example, then you have to stay that, that whole time. So you're kind of tied into it. So that's probably the, the major differences in terms of like culturally and uh, like the kind of legal tenancy agreement side of it. Yeah. And then, so nearby here, uh, Strathclyde Uni have halls of their own, and there's also sort of private companies that that do their own uh, spaces as well. Again, kind of what what would be the, the the key difference for that in terms of if you're coming to Glasgow for the first time or coming to UK for the first time, what what would be the difference between staying in either university halls or the the more the more expensive? Would I be right in saying the private halls? Um, so it would really just be on your own personal preference. I mean. If you were staying in university halls, it's going to be all Strathclyde students. If you're in private halls, you're going to be with students uh, from all different unis. So um, it is basically just on your own preference. Um, it also depends on what kind of room you want as well. So, for example, some private halls, um, you might actually have your kind of your own mini kind of studio flat, for example. Um, and um, a lot of the time as well, you'll you'll have different price tiers, so you might be able to get just like a room with a shared bathroom. That would obviously be cheaper than if you were to have like a, a full studio flat. Um, the good thing is about student accommodation though is that um, a lot of them do virtual tours, um, and uh, if you're looking for accommodation right now, then you can actually, and a lot of them sign up to start in September, whereas private accommodation you might have to kind of sign up closer to the time because. Realistically, someone in a private flat might leave, like uh, submit their notice to leave, um, say in July, and that's not going to come up on a property search website until August or 
you know, you wouldn't be able to move in until August. So that's probably a good thing is that, like, if you're looking to prepare and come to Scotland um, and want to get everything sorted, then student accommodation is, is quite good for that because you can actually reserve your place just now. And that's both in, uh, I think, for university halls, you can sign up, you can register your interest and you can um, sign up to be on their waiting list and then you can find out whether you've been allocated. And I think it's the same as well with uh, private accommodation. Right, oh, and then if... I suppose what would be kind of the, the main pros and cons then in comparison to staying in a private accommodation? I suppose, I think if you were a first year student, you, it's maybe a more social setting, but is there a sort of clear differentiation between the two for newcomers? I mean, I think they're just completely different, um, just completely different cultures, really. Um, I mean, a lot of the time in, in student accommodation, uh, both halls uh, like university halls and uh, private student accommodation I know that in halls they do like try and place you with people on like either the same course as you the same kind of age range same kind of um, like year as well so there are some halls for example for postgraduate students so that's quite good so just because you're going to student accommodation it doesn't mean that it's just going to be like parties and stuff all the time Um, but um, obviously it's there is going to probably be more of a buzz around like freshers week and stuff in student accommodation whereas if you're in like a private flat um you know you, you could be anywhere really you might not really be in the heart of of student activities and sometimes that's what people like um another big one uh, a big difference is that usually private lets you're going to have to think about different bills on top of what you're paying so not all the time like sometimes private lets are bills inclusive so if you were to rent a flat, uh, you might have, for example, an electricity key or you might have to add your gas. You might have to pay for your Wi-Fi bills. Whereas in student accommodation, it's kind of all included. So in terms of budgeting, it's sometimes easier to go into student accommodation because you'll know exactly what your, your bills will be per month. You don't have to think about how much you have to put aside for gas or electricity. And obviously now with the rising cost of living, that could be a benefit for quite a lot of people. So, I mean, that's probably the the big differences. But, I mean, there's no one better than the other. It's just kind of personal preference. But, you know, we do always have to advise that if you're to sign up to student accommodation, then you are signing up for usually a full year. So if you didn't like it, then you know, um, you, you would probably have to look at maybe like changing rooms or mediating if it's a problem with your flatmates. Um, it's not as easy as, as a private flat. You can't just provide notice and leave, which is probably the the con. Yeah, so in fact that kind of ties in to what I was going to follow that up with would be that obviously in, in Glasgow there's sort of some widely reported stories about some of the more private halls in recent months here. What, in terms of support, um, if anyone has issues with with halls, whether it be the university ones or private ones, what support is kind of on hand or where's the best place for people to go to? Uh, straight to the Advice Hub. So, as I mentioned, student accommodation um, providers, they'll provide a, a common law contract, which means that everyone will be different. So, if you're in a private let, um, like we mentioned earlier on, it's kind of easier because I could, for example, say, well, you're a private uh, tenant, these are your rights you know one size fits all but in student accommodation it can completely depend because um they could say for example that um i don't know like they, they could uh i don't know like 
you know, they, they could put anything really, like they could say, for example, that you have to um, finish your tenancy on one date or as a different contract, they'll say you have to end on another date or um, they might say that you're responsible for like, you know, cleaning certain areas or doing certain things that um, they're, they're basically, they're just very different from one another. So um, because every provider provides a different um, tenancy agreement, then we would just always advise you to come to the device hub and we can uh, look over the tenancy agreement and um, and we can see whether like there's, you know, you, you can put a complaint in or whether there's a way that we can mediate um, any issues. But yeah, we would always just say that any issues in, in student accommodation, then you can come and chat to us. Or if you're in university halls, um, then you can always talk to the village office as well. They have really good staff there. So um, if you are in, in university accommodation, then um, they're, they're always willing to help if you're you're facing any kind of issues with your flatmates or, or anything like that. Do you pay a deposit for staying in halls? Uh, not for university halls, no. My understanding is you don't pay a deposit. But that's, I suppose, that's a good point, actually, is because it's tied to the university. So it means then, like, if you had any outstanding fees, it would be outstanding debts to the university. So, it, because it's easier for them, obviously, to yeah, to ask you for, for, the, for the money back. Yeah. yeah, but th that's that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you, they don't take a deposit, which is good. Okay, that's great. So, thank you very much for that, Jody. Um, that's kind of wraps up a nice short and sweet one. This one, yeah. And uh, so the next one we'll do will be just a kind of final summary and looking at when you come to leaving your accommodation. 